DealerProcessSecrets.com Yeah, yeah boy, motorcycle sales, car sales, the finance office, Central Desking, we're here to talk about it, BDC, Central Desking University.com Hey everybody, Philip here. Welcome to Dealer Process Secrets. First thing first, ain't no nation like a donation. Hit that donate button or you can make a donation at our webpage at dealerprocesssecrets.com. We bring this show to you for free. What else is free? Well, my book is free plus shipping at dealershipprocesssecrets.com and my audio book is totally free for our listeners at philipcheatham.com. Use one or two L's and you should get there. Also, our newsletter is free at theautomotivesoftware.com. So if you want to support us, send us a donation, buy a sweatshirt. You can, of course, go pay full retail for my book or audio book at Amazon and Audible. That supports us too. And of course, as always, going to centraldesking.com and starting your free trial, the Daily Desk, which is free too. But I guarantee if you try and watch my tutorials in there, you'll become a paying customer, which supports us too. And finally, if you want to take your skills to the next level, no matter where you are, the courses I teach at Central Desking University will blow your socks off. So please support us however you can. We are here to bring you exclusive, hard-hitting, real content that will actually help you go harder and higher in your career inside this crazy business we all love so much. And the best way to support us is, of course, by letting others know about us. And you do that by sharing the links, liking us on social media, and, of course, recommending the Daily Desk and Central Desking University to your friends. So we appreciate all your support. And Let's get into it. Welcome to episode 34 of Dealer Process Secrets Podcast. I'm here with my host, co-host Sterling. What's happening, Sterling? Hey, Phil. Not too much. Just a relaxing Easter Sunday. Going to have some nice conversation. So happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you as well and to everybody listening now and to everybody listening later. So today I wanted to do the show on what makes a professional is it skills is it enthusiasm is it attitude is it a search for excellence what exactly makes a professional and we're going to zero in and talk about our business of course inside the car business uh, and maybe get into some things that makes us not a professional, maybe some get into some things that makes us a professional, but uh, I, I do want to zero in, but of course, this is probably all going to apply across the board, and I'd love to hear some analogies and things like that. So uh, first and foremost, if anybody wants to raise their hand and jump on stage, we'd be more than happy to have you join the conversation. This is a live recording of our podcast. We share this on pretty much every platform that you can uh, so just be aware that this will be recorded and it will be available on many platforms so what is a professional uh, I'm going to say that it has absolutely nothing to do with skills I'm going to say that being a professional you do need a valuable skill set you do need some skills inside your toolbox but it's not, it's not based on, on your skill set. It's not based on your skills is going to be my argument. Uh, my argument is going to, going to basically say that uh, being a professional has a lot to do with a search for excellence. It has a lot to do with 
uh, understanding, you know, your role inside whatever job that you're doing and how it affects all the other positions around you. Uh, and I like to zero in on the dealership. Of course, this is going to apply pretty much across the board and there's going to be tons of analogies, but I'd love to hear what you have to say, kind of kick it off, Sterling. I know that we never prepare for these topics and we just kind of jump on and just free flow and that's what I'm doing. So uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say about what makes a professional and then we'll get to Dan as well. Uh, absolutely. There's a lot of things that go into being a professional. The thing that stood out the most to me is uh, doing the right thing, but not just doing the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing um, with, with repetition. So if you're going to you know, show up to work on time and you're going to stay late for those deals and you do that all the time, you're answering phone calls, emails in a timely manner. Um, it's not about doing it sometimes. It's about doing it day in and day out. So uh, repetition was the word that really stood out to me. And when I think of uh, people that are professional, I, I think about them, you know, for some reason or another, never having the flat tire that prevents them from getting to work, never really coming in to work hungover or bringing in their personal drama. Um, again, professional, just re repetition at doing the thing that makes you a professional. So um, that's pretty much uh, what came to mind for me. And uh, I know Dan's been up here and I uh, want to see if he, uh, what comes to mind for him when uh, you hear the word professionalism. I'm going to echo some of the same things that you said is, you know, consistency and following the process without fail 100% of the time, no exceptions, right? Doing the right things. It's also the, being a professional is always wanting to not be satisfied with where you are. It's always wanting to better my skill today. What's the next challenge? How do I get better? How do I better serve my clients, my customers? How do I make it about the experience for them and not about me? And, and what's always wanting to strive for that next level, whatever that level may be. Love that, Dan. Uh, so, so far we've got Sterling and we've had some other people join the room. So just quick reset. Uh, this is a live recording of dealer process secrets. So this will be available on pretty much every platform we send it out to. Uh, but we're talking about what makes a professional. And I'm going to stick inside the car business as much as we can. Of course, this, this topic kind of bleeds out. I think it's going to. Sterling, I love what you said, repetition. Uh, so a constant, you know, drive that goes hand in hand with Dan just said about not being satisfied. That I really love because basically if you're a professional inside your craft, what you're going to be constantly doing is understanding that you're a student. So you're always a student of whatever your craft is. And what's always happening, especially in our business right now, is it's constantly changing, right? And again, you always touch my heart for you to use the word process, Dan, so that's killer as well. Uh, you may be de developing processes. You may be fitting into processes. But those non-negotiables inside whatever processes you're doing, you know, you're going to follow follow them until we decide that we're going to make a change to them. So I love that as well. Kelly, uh, welcome to the stage. Uh, do you have, uh, do you have something you want to talk about or, uh, Hey, good evening, everyone. Um, so yeah, good evening. awesome. Um, 
So I think when it comes to professionalism, especially in the, in the car business, is um, and Dan talked about this a little bit, um, not just consistency, but planning, right? You plan your work and work your plan. Um, and if you fail to plan, inevitably you will fail. Um, I don't believe that we just happen across success. I think that success is planned. Um, you have to determine... Pardon me. You have to determine where you want your end goal to be and follow the steps to get there. Um, other than that, I would say being a servant leader, um, helping your teammates, um, growing within not just the dealership, but within your community through servant leadership is definitely a uh, big facet of professionalism. Um, and I say that because when you do that, you build trust. And trust is the foundation on which professionalism is built because they know that your the deals that you do, whether you're a salesperson, an F&I manager, a desk manager, are going to be beyond reproach. They're going to be legal, number one. They're going to be ethical, number two. We never want to do something that's not going to be in the best interest of our clients. Um, we always want to make sure that we don't uh, try and push a deal through that's going to, you know, make the client car poor or anything. I know we say all the time, oh, well, it's not our money, right? We're, we're just going to show them the numbers. But sometimes <clears throat> you do have to seem like it's your money, right? You don't want to show a, a person on a fixed income that only makes, you know, $1,000 a month a car payment that's $700. That is... Uh, that's not professional in my opinion. So um, those are, are my tips on professionalism. My name is Kelly and I am done speaking. Kelly, thank you so much. That was, that was awesome. So first the, the you know, you will fail and your success is planned. Uh, I love that success is absolutely planned and you're going to fail. It's, it's something that I try to put into quotes throughout the day sometimes just to, you know, try to get it into a, in a good place. Uh, I know Michael Jordan probably has the best one where there's that meme out there and talks about all the shots he missed and all the games he lost and all those different things. And I, I love to point that out to people where anybody you see in a place that you respect is successful because success, success does change for each individual person as well, just the definition. But anybody you're looking up to and you see is successful, they fail a lot. You have to, I mean, really, the most successful people have also failed the most is the best way I think I can put it. And I've always tried to, you know, trying to find like a great quote to try to put together about that because it's so true. You can apply that to anything. Uh, you can apply it to sports. You can apply it to pretty much anything across the board. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to fail. Uh, and the people that do that the most and do that the best and get up and, and brush themselves off, those are the most successful people, in my opinion. So uh, I absolutely love that. And then discussing servant leadership. And this applies to every position. So in sales, it kind of bleeds into what you were saying about helping the customer. If, if you're not, if you're thinking that you're going to continue a business by selling people things that they're not going to be able to afford, <laughs> right? Uh, you, that's not going to work too well long term, right? That's not going to gain 
your uh, your customers' trust, et cetera. So that leads into just being a set from the front line, being a salesperson, uh, servant leadership, and then from each one of those next steps. We've talked a lot about finance, the finance department, how the best finance managers out there uh, are going to actually look at helping the sales team instead of saying, "Oh my goodness, you can't you can't do this job right because you didn't do." bring me this deal exactly how I wanted it. And the more that you flip that around and the more that you actually help the people uh, that work underneath you, essentially work for you, but you need to be working for them, uh, the better your job's going to be, the easier it's going to be. And over a longer term, you're actually going to train those things that you want and those deals are going to look more and more like you would have decided you wanted them before you wanted to take some responsibility there uh, and actually help the other people. Uh, and the same thing goes for sales manager. I mean, from finance to sales manager is such an interesting jump because in that finance office, I, you know, you do work for yourself a lot more. If you do it well, you're going to be helping that sales team quite a bit. But once you get on that sales desk, the biggest shift that, that you know, the sales manager makes where their income skyrockets, their success skyrockets, their success of their people is their success. And the shift is not looking at, hey, what am I getting out of it? It's going, hey, how do I get each one of these people that work for me, but each one of these salespeople to hit their goals and forget about mine. And David Goggins is the guy I always bring up uh, when talking about that one because he said something where he, he was you know, in that hell week and he's out in the ocean and he's got two guys on the side of him. And what he realized was that if he starts to help the people on the side of him, he forgets about the pain he's in. Now, one of the things that always happens when you do work that way from the sales desk as a general sales manager or sales manager is 100%. You're going to most likely be there really early, and you're going to be maybe even opening that door literally with the key, and you're probably even going to be closing that door literally with the key. Uh, so that's that's what happens there. But seems like it was your money I wrote down too, and that kind of went into what you were saying, Kelly. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, the best customers that you're going to make and the best employees that you're going to create and the best people around you, really your team uh, that you're going to create is going to be actually caring. You actually care about your customer. You actually care about your people. You actually care about the salespeople, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That, that's what's going to drive all this stuff. So love all this stuff. We also have got uh, Stephanie and Brian on the stage. I'd love to hear Stephanie. Uh, anything you have, if anybody does want to come up from the audience, go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, we, we're not going to call you up. This is a live recording of Dealer Process Secrets, uh, so this it will be shared, this conversation, on many platforms after this. But Stephanie, I'd love to, love to hear your contribution, and I know Sterling, you were flashing your mic, so anything you want to add uh, before or after, Steph Stephanie, feel, feel free. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bill, for bringing me on stage. Super, super grateful to have the opportunity to speak on stage with you. So um, one big thing, and I guess everyone kind of touched on almost all the points I wanted to share. Everyone here is so, so um, wise as far as this goes, the professionalism aspects. And, you know, one thing that I kind of realized when I got in the car business is, you know, especially in the car business, right? Because you think about it, the car business itself, like car salesmen don't have the best reputation, right? In the public eye. So, you know, there's a stigma that all car salesmen, all dealerships kind of have to struggle with 
which is, you know, if, if like, for example, I always say this, if I go to the store right now, I interview every single person at the store, and I'm like, hey, what is your opinion on car salesmen? He's like, oh, they're greedy, they're selfish, uh, they're pushy, you know, they just want their sale. So that's kind of like a stigma all of us deal with. Now, I believe it's different when you meet a professional, right? And I think as far as being professional, something I realized was, you know, yes, you can have the skills. Yes, you can be, you know, you can look sharp, you know, you can dress the part, you know, you can have good skills, you can close, like there's things that you can acquire skills, everyone can acquire, I believe, you can learn information and knowledge. But what I think is very key as far as car salesmen being professional is being able to work with a team. You know, um, I feel like there's some people in the car business, I've realized that have a really big ego, you know, and sometimes it's because, you know, they may be good, you know, good at their job and so on and so forth. But I believe that in order to be a professional, because you want the whole environment, the whole team, like, like Philip was saying, to be playing at a high level, right. To, to stand out because obviously, you know, finance has to work together with the desk and the desk works together with the salesperson. So I believe, you know, even among salespeople in general, everyone does have to have a sense of respect towards one another and also, you know, be able to work with one another, you know, regardless if there's any personal differences or some things you may not agree on all the time, you know, it is a work setting. It is your career. So I think something very important is being able to work with a team rather than just being, you know, good at your job per se, as far as being a professional, you know, say a customer in the car business, we deal with so much. Sometimes a customer may come up to you and may have, you know, some, some things that are not so pleasant to hear, you know, maybe they'll say some certain things. Well, obviously, you know, as a professional, you don't want to retaliate with a customer. You know, you don't want to make, you know, you don't want to match that customer's energy if they're coming at you in a certain way that may not be, you know, the best. So I think, you know, being able to still keep that professionalism regardless of what's happening is very important. And, you know, one thing I kind of want to end with, and this is something I learned in the car business, like my first month in the car business, I had a great general manager and, you know, he's still one of the people I really admire. And basically one thing he always told me, because this is something I had to learn, um, before I got in the car business, I was an entrepreneur. I was self-employed, so I wasn't really used to working in a team. I wasn't used to working, you know, in a, in, a, in a work environment. So one thing he always told me, he was like, Stephanie, the most important thing in life is your attitude. You know, and I believe your attitude kind of ties in with being a professional, regardless of what happens around you. Because, you know, once again, you cannot control everyone's behavior. You can't control the way people treat you. You can't control everything. But the number one thing you have control over is your attitude and how you decide to react to what happens. You know, so that's kind of what I want to end off with, because obviously a professional, you know, it has to deal with your reputation. So you want to have a great reputation. You want to have the reputation of knowing, you know, if you're, if you're man, if you ever want to move up in the car business, right. From like a salesperson to maybe, you know, a floor manager to closer or desk, anyone that wants to move up in the business, you know, you're going to need to have a good reputation. If the, if the manager calls up on you and says, Hey, can you go close this deal? They need to know that your attitude is going to be great. You know, they need to know that you have a high reputation and you are trustworthy as far as the business and the dealership goes. So I think it's very important to have a great attitude as well. That way others can also view you as a professional and they can trust that, you know, anything they need help with, you're able to contribute to the team. But that's actually what I want to end off with. Thank you so much, Philip, for having me. Wow. 
thank you, Stephanie, for coming up. That was awesome. Uh, first, talking about the stigma of the car salesman. Uh, that's uh, you know, it is definitely something we all deal with. I think the proof in the pudding when you know you're doing a good job. And yeah, I just said proof in the pudding is when you're walking around your showroom or if you're a salesperson and you're hearing a lot of, I've never met a car salesman like you. If you hear that a lot, that's where you know you're doing a good job and you are crushing that stigma. And it, I, I hear it all the time in so many dealerships uh, that I was, that I'm a part of, that I'm in. And, you know, you can walk through the showroom and you can hear it, you know, one after the other almost sometime. That's when you know that your processes are in sync with your people, they're in sync with your customers, uh, and you're you're killing it. I agree with you 100% there. And such a great point not to retaliate with the customer. Uh, That's, uh, you know, that's definitely the difference between a professional and somebody not being a professional, right? Uh, If you can't keep your cool... What I used to say is you are literally showing the world that something was brought to you that you can't handle. And that was one of my favorite things that I, even when, you know, two managers start fighting against each other in front of people, like you guys are literally showing the world that something was brought to your feet that you can't handle. Do either one of you think that, think of yourselves that way, that there's something inside these dealership walls that can come at you that you can't handle. And that would always make them laugh. And I'm like, well, think about it seriously, because that's what we actually do when we get upset, you know, when we get flustered. So it's okay to get upset. It's okay to get flustered. It's okay not to have the answers all the time. Uh, it's, you know, but how do you deal with it? Are you reacting or are you responding? I guess are the, uh, are, are the two words that uh, you really want to think about and resonate with, because when you're reacting, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's basically your your immediate uh, emotional response, right? When you're actually responding, it's more of a sit back, how does this sit with me response. So love that. And a great tip there that I was taught a long time ago is when you've got somebody that's upset uh, or you've got somebody saying some things to you that maybe you think even disrespect you that shouldn't be said, but you are the professional. So you need to listen to them. And you need to sit there, and the trick is to listen to them until they're done talking. And this is where you'll actually diffuse a lot of those situations. Uh, Whenever somebody is mad, whenever you've got a heat case or you're putting out a fire, whatever the case may be, the absolute best trick is to listen literally until they're all the way done talking. And that could be five minutes, it could be two minutes, it could be ten minutes. Um, but that then basically what happens to the other person is you allow them to say everything they had to say. So if you can put yourself on the other end of it, that's really what people want to do most of the time is just spill out how they, how they feel or how you made them feel. Uh, my first GSM was somebody uh, I still admire too, Stephanie. Uh, so love that you point that out. I think I'm going to basically say the three questions were uh, in the beginning of this is what makes a professional? Is it skills? Is it attitude? Is it a drive for excellence? And I'm going to say you need to improve your skill set at all times. And uh, Dan pointed that out. So you've got to to understand you are always a student and you're going to learn more and more and more and everything changes too, right? So skills are important, but as long as you realize you're always a student, that you've pretty much got that part covered. You're always getting better. But I'm going to say what really makes a true professional is exactly what you said, Stephanie, 
and that's going to be your attitude and a drive for excellence. So those two things, I think, are, are my argument. That's what I think makes a professional. Uh, you could be a C on skills, and I could have a guy that's an A on skills, the guy with the good attitude versus the guy with the bad attitude. I don't care if the guy with the good attitude has a C on skills. That's who I really want to work with. And if that guy has a drive for excellence, that's who I want to work with even more. So those two things, absolutely. Brian, you, you joined. You haven't said anything, so I'd uh, love to pass it off to you. I, I think that's great. I, I love everything that's been said so far, and I love everything Stephanie said. And, and it's interesting, you know, we kind of got into conflict conflict resolution and attitude. And my daughter told me something today that I thought was funny. Is she said, like, a bad attitude's like a flat tire. You know, it's not going to change until you change. You know, it's not going to change until you change it. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of car business related, so I, I liked it. But uh, yeah, attitude is everything, and, and uh, you know, the way that you treat people is you know a direct correlation of your success. And you know, we see it all the time. Um, the salespeople that are out there serving and taking care of their customers and really putting their customers first. You know, when you give someone what they want, you give what you want in return. And I, I always go back to this Chinese proverb I heard, which was the great rivers are so great because they put themselves beneath all the other tributaries. I had never heard That's that awesome. before. But, you know, it, it, everybody's going to have conflict. Everybody's going to have something, you know, that comes at them that maybe they were expecting, weren't expecting. Um, but, you know, Phil hit the nail on the head. It's really just about what you do next. And, you know, me and Phil have talked about this before. The most important thing uh, when a conflict starts is to hear that other person, like truly hear them and not, you know, not wait, you know, with some baited line that you're going to, you know, uh, get them after they're done. But really try to hear them, you know, and, and not think so much about your next words as much as just hear them, let them get the talks and out and then start working on the resolution. I think that's awesome. And uh, we've, we've all contributed some, uh, some interesting aspects of professionalism. They're all very much complementary to one another. And that is what we're talking about now. So uh, this is our weekly podcast dealer process secrets, and uh, it is being recorded and uh, it will be released later on in the week. I think Phil usually gets it up pretty quickly. So um, uh, well, you can go ahead and listen to yourself, listen to us, have this conversation. And, um, you know, if you got something you want to say, raise your hand and come on up. Uh, we'll welcome Shane up to the uh, to the speaking field. And I uh, see, Shane, do you have anything on professionalism that uh, comes to mind that you'd like to share that's on your heart this Easter evening? And if not, that's fine. I'm sure once you get uh, settled in, you'll uh, hop on there. But um, I was going to think about some of the bigger benefits of a uh, professional. Oh, Dan, do you have something you wanted to add? Uh, yeah. You know, when we're talking about what it is to be a professional, I'm going to sum it up in one word, and that's mindset. But that encompasses so many things. You know, the first part of that is, is my mindset that I'm coming to work to work? You know, I'm fortunate enough to be in dealerships all around the country. And it seems like it's the same thing anywhere I go, that our sales staff will drive past 
26 restaurants to get to work in the morning to get with everybody else to figure out what are we going to eat for breakfast, right? So we can't even show up to work. We got to spend the first hour figuring out what's here. You know, is my mindset that I'm here to serve my customers, not take advantage of them, right? Is my mindset that I either win or I learn, right? We talked about all the failures, but did we learn from that? So do I have the mindset that the the deal didn't come together? Am I going to take five to 10 minutes either with myself or with my manager and self-reflect on what I could have done better? Or what mistakes that I made instead of pointing the finger and having all sorts of names for the customer that, oh, that customer is just a stroke, they're a bust out, they're this, as opposed to looking at myself and say, where did I go wrong so that I can get better, right? So that mindset of serving, self-improvement, showing up to work, I'm here to serve customers, not to take advantage of them. I'm here to better myself every day. I'm here to help my teammates, right? What mindset as a whole is the huge differentiating factor of a professional versus somebody that's just here to hang out. Wow, man. Awesome. Yeah. Stephanie, did you have something? Yeah, I really want to add to that. Um, So that's so true, Dan, so true. Like mindset is so important. And I believe that, you know, even though at my personal dealership, I was like a total rookie. Like I never sold anything before. I was just a freelance artist coming into the business, but my first month, I was number one in the store, and like almost every single month, I was top dog. And some wow. people, yeah, some people, and I was the only female working there. Like all the other people working at the dealership were men that had been working there for 20 years, you know, selling cars for 10, 20 years. And that's why, my, like, one of my managers always told me, he's like, Look, I'd rather take a rookie with your mindset and your energy any day over a veteran you know because he's he was say, and it's not to say all veterans are the same but majority are you know don't have the best mindset like like Dan is saying like their mindset is very like selfish you know like they're like the king of the world or something at the dealership and you know it's actually really sad to, to see because you know what we're talking about is so true like it reflects in their paycheck it reflects in their in their success and one thing that I love that Dan said is you know, about, you know, people not having proper time management. And something that I realized at work is that, well, we come, like I said, coming from an entrepreneurial background into the car business, I already kind of had this business mindset, you know, of like, I am a business, you know, I operate as a business. And, well, sorry, I made a, I made a video the other day about how to change your mindset from being an employee of the dealership Versus being a business within the business. Because most people don't realize they are operating as a business. Because say, for example, any business, if you study business, right? There are things called assets and then there's liabilities. And sometimes, you know, certain salespeople, like Dan said, if they had a bad experience with the customer, if their attitude wasn't right, if for some reason the deal fell through, if for whatever reason, you know, they missed out on an, on an up or a, a walk-in and, oh, you skated me because they were out getting wines or some, something like that. Well, you're actually bringing a lot of bad energy to the dealership. You know, you're causing problems. Like, And then on top of causing the problems and, and, and also losing customers left and right because you're not reflecting on what went wrong and how you can improve, then you want to go and complain about it. And I realized that 
you know, sometimes I would be walking into the break room, you know, to heat up my food or something. And I walk in the break room, there's like a group of people, like six people in the break room, just talking, complaining about customers and just being so negative saying, oh my God, like I only have two cars out. I missed six deals. And I'm like, why would you spend your time complaining about that? Like, why don't you guys have a constructive criticism talk if you're going to talk about it? Like maybe give each other advice on what you could have done better instead of just complaining about what went wrong and like Dan said it's very true a lot of salespeople complain and blame things on the customer not realizing that it's just them that's not operating in a professional manner or they just didn't put the attitude into you know their sale the right attitude and something that I want to kind of say is mindset is so important and me personally, I believe that if every salesperson had the mindset of a business owner, then they would actually be an asset to the company. Like, for example, me personally, I didn't like to spend my time doing certain things. Like Dan said, I would actually have my food already made. You know, like I would come to work with my food already made. In the case that I needed to eat, I didn't invest that time, you know, where I'm losing money because potentially I could have missed a walk-in, I could have missed a phone-up, whatever. Or they could have needed me to close a deal and I wasn't available. So, you know, sometimes like I was the only Spanish speaker that could really close deals. So, you know, that's also something. But so I would just say like what I, the way I kind of see it as a salesperson is you're not just a salesperson. You are a business owner and you own your own business in the car business as a salesperson. So you need to operate as a business would operate. For example, if you are spending too much time doing things that are not bringing in revenue, they're not bringing in income, not generating leads. You know what I mean? Like if you're spending your time complaining, um, a lot of some salespeople don't invest into anything. They don't invest into their self um, as far as learning and as far as education and knowledge, you know, and like getting better skills acquisition. Because if you think about it, you know, what is a salesperson's job is to bring in the customers and sell cars, right? Obviously. But why are there people that are high performers every single month and others that are not every single month? You know, consistency, because we can talk about, yes, you need to be consistent, but are you consistently doing, you know, the work? Are you consistently putting in the work? Are you consistently have a great mindset? Are you going in every day with a fired up attitude and saying, okay, I have my lunch. You know, I have these appointments lined up. I have a pipeline. You know, I have all these people and what I'm going to do today is I'm going to generate this many leads by doing this and that and that, you know? So it's like, that's a business owner. That's someone who is operating as a business because they're saying, okay, this is my plan for today. I have these appointments at this time. I'm going to do said thing at that time. I'm going to do whatever thing. And, you know, me personally, I feel like it's very important, like more things like knowing your inventory wells, taking time on getting to know the inventory, the trade is that we're just trading in, you know, that's operating as a business because then you're very aware of what you have to sell. You're very aware of your day. What's going to go on. You already know what you're going to eat that day. You already know, you know, like, Everything is planned out for you, so you are essentially operating as a business where you're not really wasting time on complaining. You're not wasting time on, you know, bringing bad energy to the workspace. You're not wasting time on anything else other than generating money and selling the cars, which is your job. And, you know, some people, I believe, they just see themselves as an employee of the dealership. Like, they don't think they have to do extra stuff. Like, they don't think they have to, you know 
have, you know, bring in their own leads. They don't even try to bring in their own leads. They don't even try to invest into their own training or knowledge or seeking advice or asking, you know, I didn't even, you don't even have to go outside the dealership to get training. You can ask a manager, say, hey, you know, can we spend this and, you know, hey, can we spend Thursday afternoon on some training? I would love to see some role play with me. You know what I mean? Someone who knows better, you know, and then there you go. Now you have that planned out. So now you're like, okay, I'm investing into that time to learn something because something in business is called the return on investment, ROI, right? Any business has ROI sheets where they kind of see, you know, okay, we invested this money into this advertising. How much did we get back? So I believe that you don't have to invest money. You can if you want, but what about investing your time? You know, time is the biggest asset. Time is your investment. So am I going to invest my time into bringing nothing to me, to my table, to my plate, you know, by complaining, by spreading bad energy. Now people see me as a complainer. Now people see me as this person. Now, then, now they may not want to work with me because they're like, oh, they might talk bad about me. I mean, that's kind of what I would see with certain people. I'm like, I don't really want to do a happy with that guy because I heard the other day complaining about so-and-so salesperson skating him. I don't want to be part of that, you know? So now you're not, you're not building business partnerships in the dealership. You're operating as a business owner, a business person with professionalism you know i believe some people have lacked that mindset of a business owner a business person and you know once again like i said you don't always have to spend you know invest money but yeah maybe you can invest into some nice clothing you know looking sharp looking the part you know instead of showing up with like your same clothes that you when you first started the business you didn't have any money how about when you make some money, invest into yourself, you know, how about invest into your desk, make your desk look nicer, you know what I mean, whatever, but at the end of the day, that's going to make sure that the customers see you as a professional, you know, the, the management sees you as, you feel confident about yourself because you're operating in a professional manner, you're like, man, I love this job because I feel confident, I feel like I'm doing my best, every single day I come in here, I have a high self-esteem, I have a high energy, I'm fired up, I'm a leader in the business, you know, I'm doing this and that, and then, man, your paycheck is also looking nice, so, you know, all, all around, you're very happy in the car business, but there's some people who don't like being in the car business because they simply have the wrong attitude. So I think that's super, super true, Dan. And I just wanted to add that, you know, because if you invest your time into making ads, you know, training yourself, education, learning the product knowledge, you know, doing the, the certification. Some people are in the business for a year and they never get the certification. It's like, what are you doing? Or they never ask customers for reviews. You know, they don't take time to set up the OnStar. I, I worked at Chevrolet. We had this, like, setting up of the, the OnStar where, like, you hook the, the Bluetooth up. You have hook up the Wi-Fi, all this stuff for the customer. They're not taking time on that or even taking a pictures of the customers, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, there's some people who really, really, really exceed the expectations at the dealership, and it always reflects in your paycheck. But I just wanted to say that because, Dan, you really spoke facts. Wow. Why? Kelly. <laughs> Kelly, did you, did, did you have something you want to jump on? I want to respond to all of that. But if you get something to say, Kelly, I want to hear it too. I, I did, but man, I couldn't flash my mic fast enough. <laughs> we know why Stephanie was, is number one. That's for sure. For sure. I'm like, man, that had uh, But to her point, she had mentioned... Uh, a while back about uh, essentially uh, avoiding negativity and that's key whether you're new in the car business or, or more seasoned um, avoiding the huddle 
the quote-unquote huddle. You know, Joe Bernie spoke about it in his book a lot. The coffee machine. Yes. The water cooler. The water cooler. Water cooler combos. Uh, avoid them. I mean, you don't have to be rude to your coworkers. You know, it's okay to spend, you know, two, three minutes talking to them, whatever, you know. Uh, but after that, you got to get refocused. Um, and another really, really important, uh, I think, uh, point that Stephanie touched on that I wanted to commend her on that I just abbreviated a little differently is 2020. Right, just spend 20 minutes on product, 20 minutes on process, 20 minutes on um, uh, uh, self um, or self reflection. Uh, I know this isn't typical in, in most, well, I don't know if it's not typical in most dealerships, but something that we do um, or have done at the Kia building that I worked at is we do 20 minutes of training, you know, with the sales manager. Um, 20 minutes, I personally would go into a vehicle, um, whether it was a new-to-the-lineup vehicle or maybe a newly redesigned one, and sit in it, play with all the buttons, um, drive it around a lot, you know, things like that, so that um, I could learn something new about it that maybe was not touched on in a module um, given by Kia or something that another salesperson at another Kia dealership is not going to touch on with a client so I can show them something different. Um, And then 20 minutes of prayer. That's what I do. Um, It takes me about 30 to 35 minutes to get to work in the morning. Um, So if I'm not on Clubhouse, um, listening to gospel music, I'm praying. um, I'm very reverent in in my prayers. And and I just ask for um, clients to be put in my path that need a car, somebody I can truly be a blessing to, um, and also, you know, pray over my my sales Kelly, that's so cool, Kelly. Um, My management team, yeah, because you know what? It takes a lot to put some of these deals together, especially at a crisis store, Lord have mercy. So definitely pray for my managers um, that they have sanity and and, and definitely um, over my teammates and whatnot. So I think that's something that's important. I know not everybody has the same beliefs. but whatever your beliefs are, uh, I definitely think that if you spend that 20 minutes on um, self-improvement or 20 minutes on self, it will overall improve not just your um, overall results, but it will improve your life overall. So uh, I definitely believe that as well. So kudos to her. I, know she, I hope her phone didn't die or something. But um, Oh, there she goes. <laughs> so kudos to Stephanie for sure. Wow, Kelly, uh, before I get into it, Dan and Stephanie, uh, what you said that really shows me so much that you understand or you see, you, you, you know, you visualize your important part and role you actually take in the community selling cars. And I don't think many people see that. And we've talked about this on a show before where, you know, you know, what do we, what do we do? We, we are uh, an important piece inside the community definitely in so many different ways and you praying for people that really need a car to cross your presence and then praying for your sales managers that they can put that deal together um that's that's just so cool uh but getting into what dan said about mindset uh i either win or i learn awesome you know and that's going to bleed across your entire life and i don't think it's ever going to end so if you're ever looking for some sort of pinnacle point (laughs) to to, you know, 
not be either winning or learning, uh, I, I think you need to kind of rethink things to begin with. That's life, right? Just across the board. Uh, what are you saying? Uh, is it professional? Would you call somebody else using the words you use professional? So BS right up is one I thought of when Dan was saying what he was saying. Uh, you know, if you're saying something like that, are you acting like a professional? And this is the stuff you should constantly be questioning yourself on. Uh, Stephanie, I mean, the biggest highlight, uh, you've got so many in there, right? But the business within a business, you know, looking at yourself like a business person, looking at yourself like, you know, this is my business. This And that's, you know, that's how you've got the Cody Carters of the world. That's how you've got the Stephanie Escobars of the world. That's how you've got the Kellys. That's how you've got the Audreys. That's how you've got the Phillips and the Sterlings and the Bryants and the Dans. You know, I think everybody on the stage, even if we're not working inside of a car dealership now, we did. And if you don't have that attitude in the dealership, what do you think you're going to take to your own company? That's another thing I used to say constantly. And, it, you know, it's one of the best things if you are hiring inside of a dealership to actually tell your new hires, which is, hey, man, because... Look, I, I say car business for life now, and, but I also tell people that wasn't from the day I started in 2004. That was probably eight or nine years in. And for those eight or nine years of working inside of a dealership, I was always thinking, oh, is there something else I should do? Is there, you know, it, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. It wasn't really until I watched somebody that I hired in sales end up on the sales desk in two years that I was like, wow. And, and it just, that touched me more than anything. And especially the place that he had come from. Uh, and I was like, wow, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, but I, you know, going back to what I love to preface in the interviews is, hey, whether you're going to be in this business for a long time, you can learn so much about people. You can help people and remember whatever attitude you have here, whatever you build here in the way that you uh, basically your work ethic and everything that you do, that's what you're going to take anywhere you go. So look at this as the practice field. If this isn't what you plan on doing or you want to go back to college or you want to do something else or you want to go, go in somewhere else because whatever you're doing here, this is what you're going to take with you. And I knew that myself. You know, I was like, if I do start this business, right, uh, and of course, I'm still in the car business, right, but if I do start this business, you know, am I ready? And I would question myself. And I think we should all be questioning ourselves uh, constantly. So, Stephanie, I mean, you you hit it so hard with so many of the different things that you said. Invest in yourself. Uh, and really, the biggest investment we can make is time. You hit on that. Um, time is our you know absolute biggest asset. It's the thing that we're not going to get more of, uh, et cetera. And, you know, you talked about some things there, you know, guys not bringing in their own leads. And then... You know, to add on to that, they uh, they blame the leads that they have on on the on their failures, right? On the reason that they're not doing this or they're not doing that or they're not making money. Um, so I always look at it like if you're going to spend time invested in something, you know, you might as well win. And we already talked about winning includes failing a lot, right? But if I'm going to go to work and I'm going to show up, I might as well show up my best. Why am I going to go and spend all this time and show up halfway? Uh, so, and it's easier to blame, you know, in the moment, right, your customer and all this stuff rather than uh, uh, turning it around and, and really going, okay, you know, how do I change myself to change the results of the outcome of the situation? Because if you're sitting there and you're blaming your customers for 
what they're saying to you as the reason you're not getting anywhere. Well, how do you expect to change where you're going and getting anywhere? Because your customers aren't going to stop saying the things to you that you think are the reasons for your failures or the reasons that you don't have the success that you want. So that it just doesn't even make any logical sense. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're doing that, uh, I, my best advice is essentially, you know, look, obviously look inside. That's an externalization. You're externalizing your issues onto the world. You're externalizing your problems onto as if you think that you have some special set of customers. And this one's funny in the car business because literally you go to any dealership anywhere. And one of the first things you will hear is why their customers are different than everybody else's customers in the world. And what's funny is there's actually some truth to that sometimes that there is like, you know, this thing here, that thing there, and you're in this certain market and in this different place. And, you know, it, there is some truth to that. Like you, you can single out something different in every single dealership. That's a little bit different, but come on at the end of the day, no, you know, you're dealing with people and we're very much the same. And, you know, the way that you're going to solve the problems are very much the same. And it's going to be by looking, asking yourself the tough questions. You know, how could I have I've handled that better? How could I have done better? How can I show up more, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you so much, Stephanie. That was awesome. Um, I've got some other things I wanted to, I want to say on there, but Audrey is on the stage. So I'd love to hear from Audrey. Audrey, we're talking about what makes a professional. My original questions were, is it skill set? Is it attitude? Is it a drive for excellence? And I'm going to say the last two are the ones that, that, uh, encompass everything. Dan made a great point. He said, you know what? Everything can fit under the umbrella of mindset. I a hundred percent agree with that. So, uh, Audrey, what do you have for us today? Okay, so I know you have a recording, and I don't want to ruin it because I have a lot of people around here, but I'll tell you two things. Hi, everybody. What makes a professional? Integrity and determination. You have to, to be a professional, you have to want it so bad you're willing to die for it. When you're willing to die for something because you love it, then you continue doing it. When you don't love what you're doing, it's time to get out. Life is too short. That's my take. I'm Audrey, and thank you for speaking. And that got Mary down there. If you want to pull someone up, Mary went skydiving yesterday, and she took risk. No risk, no reward. That's what I'm going to tell you. That's what makes a professional. you got to want it so bad that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Let Mary share. Awesome, Audrey. Audrey just came in and dropped bombs on us. Uh, integrity and determination. So cool. Thank you, Audrey, wherever you are for, for coming up and contributing anyway. We'd love to hear from Mary. Mary, welcome to the stage. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Audrey. Thanks, everyone. Um, I just came in a little bit ago, so um, I don't, I'm not in the car dealership, and I don't really have a business. I am just getting my foot wet uh, because as of Friday, I just shattered the fear that's been stopping me from moving forward in what I have been called to do. So all I got to say is whatever you have that is driving you on the inside, whatever, whatever um, imposter that's in your head, silence that imposter and jump out of the plane because there is no better way to move forward than just say enough of Enough is enough. Nobody's going to do it for me. I have to do it. And regardless if anybody believes me, likes me, or wants to follow me, 
because I have a story to tell and it's going to help somebody. But if I never open my mouth, that somebody is still going to be waiting. So I say, jump out of the plane, guys. Jump out. Wow. Thank you so much, Mary. This, I mean, this starts, this is bleeding into purpose. And to what Audrey said, and before I get to Mary, uh, talking about you got to want it so bad, you're willing to die for it. If you don't love it, quit. And Mary, I think that's going hand in hand with what you're saying. Jump out of the plane. I did a Facebook post the other day. I said, just go for it. You'll make it. And what I really meant by that, it's so deep. It, it's, you know, that thing that's inside of you, that thing you really want to do. Maybe it's not being inside of a car dealership, right? Maybe it is being inside of a car dealership and you're afraid to go do that. But whatever it is uh, that's inside of you that you think you want to do, look, you're never going to have the exact amount of money to do it, most likely. You're never going to have your entire family and friends and the whole world support you. Nobody's going to show up to your house. I saw Grant Cardone's been saying this one recently and, and, and say, hey, man, let's go. We're going to go make your dreams come true. Uh, you've got to go for it. You've got to jump. You've got to make that leap out of that plane. Uh, it's on you. And that's really when, you know, you're living, right? And you're going to have to act in a lot of faith. And this really goes into, you know, your purpose, Mary. We've talked about this quite a bit. It goes into, you know, finding your purpose. What are you here to do? And I truly believe that every single person on this planet has something different to do. And that's why when you do realize your purpose and you do start moving towards it, there's no nothing other there's no other way than to be a trailblazer. It doesn't exist. You're going to be a trailblazer. And maybe that's it it doesn't doesn't mean everybody owns their own business. Stephanie talking about what she does inside of the car dealership. I guarantee you she's trailblazing. There's people going yip, 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 and blah, 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 and and all those other things around her with what she's doing and the way that she handles herself. But guess what also happens? Sterling's watched this, watch this happen with me inside the dealership. They, they're going to start mandating that other people do their job the way Stephanie's doing her job, uh, a million percent. And that's exactly what happens. Who's the trailblazer there? Stephanie's the trailblazer. She's moving on her purpose. Uh, and, you know, my purpose was inside the car dealership. My purpose is outside the car dealership. The car business is still my life. Uh, but, you know, it, the whole thing's been a trailblaze. And when it wasn't, that's when that that's when that you know that lull comes in. That's when that dullness comes in. Uh, so I love what you said, Mary. Jump out of that plane, uh, make it happen. This has been such a great conversation tonight. So started off, you know, what makes a professional? We've gotten into so many other things. I want to leave you guys all with uh, with one thing that I've never talked about before that I did. Um, anybody listening now and anybody listening later, uh, just for a positivity aspect. Uh, maybe creating more professionalism in your environment. Oh, it looks like we lost Phil. I'm sure that he's going to be hopping back in. Um, but Brian, did you have anything that you were going to add while we wait for Phil to rejoin? It's all, you know, it's all been great. Um, I love a lot of the comments, you know, that were said and, um, you know, back to, you know, professionalism and stuff. I love some of the comments that Stephanie had about setting up her day. You know, I think a lot of salespeople are, are reactive instead of proactive. And I loved how much she said about being proactive and having a plan and not just reacting. And, you know, sometimes when you start your day, you feel like you're being proactive. 
but then as the day goes on, you start being more reactive, right? Um, I'd love to hear what anybody would have about that. I agree a thousand percent. I know, um, <clears throat> I don't know uh, how many people still utilize this, but Joe Birdie has um, workbooks that go along with his, um, I guess, video tutorials. And I know he's kind of aged and dated in the car business, but one thing that is not dated is the planner where um, daily planner shows like um, it allows you to track. And I know a lot of people do their tracking um, digitally, like through um, uh, Excel and you know things like that. But I'm one of those people where if I write it, I remember it better. I have, I have mommy brain. So if I don't write it down, I will forget. So if I write down what the phone up was, put it in e-lead and then, um, make a plan for my next day of who I have to follow up with, how, um, what hours I'm going to be working the service drive, what hours I'm going to be doing follow-ups, um, what's the best time to contact certain people. Um, if I write it down nine times out of 10, I will remember it better. And I, I still, I'm old fashioned. I still like having that physical book to refer to. Um, the phone is great, but so many times I put the phone down or, you know, walk away from my computer or my daughter needs to use my computer for homeschooling, whatever it is. So I personally still utilize that um, physical book for planning out my day and week and month. And then being able to look back at those sold customers, look back at the phone ups, look back at, you know, whatever was missed throughout the month and, and be able to hold myself accountable that way. And also it's a way for my uh, management team to hold me accountable as well. Um, so, so that's uh, part of my process. That's awesome that you uh, identify what it is that allows you to learn better, be more productive. That's a, a huge key to success. And I think a, a great contributing factor because you've also said some other really amazing things. Uh, Jeremy, we welcome you up to the stage. Did you have anything you wanted to contribute to uh, the professionalism conversation or anything in general? Oh, yes. Hey, everybody. I'm coming in from the from the office right now, I'm just listening. So, as far as the professionalism, um, attitude, skill, excellence, I always came back to um, what one of my coaches used to always put in our mind, and he always said, like, the five P's. And the five P's are proper preparation prevents poor performance. So it's pretty much, I have to, with these P's, it's putting me ahead of the problem. As far as the attitude, if I know I'm going to have a bad attitude, okay, I feel like I'm going to interact with more people. I need to uh, if I see heat is coming to my way or anything like that, I need to be prepared. Um, of course, I've heard a couple of people say that as far as pre preparation. Um, Stephanie said a, a really good thing that I'm, I'm some of my the younger younger guys that are coming into business that this is more of a your own business, right? It's more of a brand. I see all these YouTube stars and everything; they have their own brand, uh, and they're making millions off of. So with that. It's just how they prepare for their skits, prepare for this. They're in a good attitude space, and they're always learning new skills to be the next next big 
big skit on YouTube or, or Facebook, anything like that. So that's what I have to, to add to it. Don't have much more. Wow, thank you. That Jeremy. was great. Yeah, Jer- Jeremy's awesome. So uh appreciate that. I wrote it down. Uh, I, I don't know if I've heard it before or not. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. So super strong. Love it. Uh, and uh, yeah, so the, I don't know what's going on. I keep getting kicked out of this thing. I don't know. If, I think that's what's happening to other people. That happened because, to me as well, Phil. Yeah, a new little clubhouse glitch. But hey, we've gone an hour. We got so many great things. I want to thank everybody for coming up here. One thing I wanted to share on this uh, is something I haven't shared before that I did a while ago. And I don't think I invented it. In fact, I know I didn't invent it, but I don't remember who did. So um, I, I don't. <laughs> there's nobody to give credit to. doesn't matter. Uh, it's a great idea. Anybody with inside your dealership, I think, can start this. It's called a care board. Uh, and basically, you put a little little board up with a, you know thumbtacks, a tack board, uh, put some index cards on there. You're going to have to start it. And anytime somebody in the dealership does something that sticks out to you, for you, you know, without, without asking you for anything, really just helps you out. Write them a little note and put care on the top of it and put, you know, thank you, Kelly, for the other day. You know, you helped me out. I really did need to go let my dogs out, whatever it was, or I needed I needed to take a personal call or I needed to take a personal day, whatever it is, right? That, you know, you went and helped, so you went and helped me out, Kelly. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You didn't have to do that. Fill up and you tack it on that board and let everybody see it in the lunchroom. And uh, other people will start doing it. It happens pretty organically. This is another thing I know about people, and people are incredible. Uh, they, you know, they. We all want to be positive, so but we got to be given, you know, sometimes a little, a little, you know, start right, a little, uh, a little push to go and do something positive. I think that helps a lot, um, and that'll really create some professionalism inside your dealership. So anybody listening to this, uh, if you don't already do that or you haven't already seen it. Um, it's a great idea and it works. Uh, but thank you everybody for being here tonight and in contributing to the conversation. Uh, I think I liked every last thing that was said tonight. So I uh, really appreciate it. And I hope everybody has a wonderful evening. And I will, and I will see you guys all next week on Dealer Process Secrets. Thank you guys. Have a wonderful evening. Good night. DealerProcessSecrets.com Yeah. Yeah, boy. Motorcycle sales, car sales, the finance office. Central Desking. We're here to talk about it. BDC. CentralDeskingUniversity.com All right, all right. Let's get into it.